0: If you're good tonight, children, we might get a visit from ol Humphrey Mizzou. Leave your windows cracked just slightly. He'll he'll sneak his little head in and leave you candy under your pillow. Welcome to Chapel Belker, Stats Focus Podcast about UGA football. I'm Justin. And I'm Nathan. That's my co-host Nathan, as we want to do. We're meant to apparently, uh, you know, introduce our co-hosts because that's the right thing to do per Nathan's English class and the introductions and the instructions that he's been given to his students. This is my co-host Nathan, and we're going to talk to you about football today because that's what this show is about. Obviously, clearly, nothing else. Uh, I was just thinking about it the other day how we, we started this show wanting to be objective and talk about cold hard facts and stats <laughs> and i don't know where it, it, it took a left turn where it went in the direction it did because we did just have a long long uh off-air conversation about uh non-monogamous lumberjacks uh and who can say why we're here now but i i we could probably relate that to football actually right
1: yeah we absolutely could and i also want to say that, that we can say why we we're having that conversation was just that i am a just as chaotic a gm uh, in Dungeons and Dragons as I am a co- podcast co-host. So, That's correct. We are here today sort of to preview the UGA versus Missouri game coming up this weekend in the in the world's greatest uh college town and we are going to get into it a lot and but we kind of want to address we have sort of a breaking news segment here today that we want to talk about briefly and then we're going to get into the whole kit and caboodle. We're going to talk about stats and narratives and history between these two teams we're gonna mm-hmm. make some predictions do some under over unders take a question or two and get out of here because it's late and i'm old so <laughs> uh do you want to start us out with our you know sort of our i, I don't i want to say breaking news but that seems a little impersonal with with i guess sort of one of the first one of the first bad sort of crime stories out of ugs program in quite quite some time do you want to give us the rundown real quick
0: yeah, yeah. So you may, by the time this comes out, you may have heard. You may not have heard uh, uh, the news about Adam Anderson, um, projected, you know, NFL first round pick. There were there were some at first some rumors and some things going around that that some scuttlebutt that something was going to happen, and then late Thursday, when we're recording this, late Thursday night, the uh, the report came out. The Athens Clark County Police. We're investigating an allegation of rape against uh, the Georgia outside linebacker Adam Anderson, according to a police incident report obtained Thursday by the Athens Banner Herald. No arrest has been made yet, uh, but the, the ACC police lieutenant Sean Barnett, who said he did not know if charges will be filed, he did say it's still open, still under investigation. Uh, it's depending on how the investigation plays out that will determine whether or not charges will be made. But the, the facts of the matter are that a 21-year-old female told police that she went to an Athens resident between 12 a.m. and 7 a.m. on Friday the 29th after having drinks and then awoke with Anderson, uh, and this is a, a quote from the the article, penetrating her while she was lying in bed. She told the police that it was not consensual and she was able to leave, according to the report. And uh, I bring that up and I, I just wanted to to quote the actual report and say we're not here to share our opinions. We just want to make sure that we use our platform to say exactly what happened um, according to the allegations and the report itself. And um, I think that's, that's more or less all we really need to say about it is that we want to make sure that the, you know, we, we believe women, we believe that um, they should be heard and an investigation should be done properly. And I just said, I wasn't going to share my opinion, but that's, that's the extent of my opinion. I will say, is that, is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it's, callous and part of the problem when you immediately think about this from the standpoint of football so we're not going to talk about it from the standpoint of football Uh, one thing i guess my only sort of psa message would be that it's not hold on let me think how how i want to say this because i want this to come out right Mm -hmm. it combating a problem with sexual assault and rape It takes more from men, especially, than just saying that's awful and we hate it, which it is awful and we do hate it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it takes actually applying in your life that it, it, it takes actually putting that into your life. Right. If you know people who do shit like this, you have to call them out and that's your responsibility as a man. And I hate when people say, if you're a man, you do this or that's what you do as a man but I feel confident in saying one of the very few things that I think is kind of universally true is that if you are a man, it's your job to police this bullshit among the people you know, and that Mm -hmm. is actions and words, right? And so I don't know what happened in this situation, and I feel a certain amount of confidence that Kirby is going to do the right thing, and that makes me happy, but ultimately the only real message I have about it is that it should be a wake-up call to everyone, right? That you, if you find this to be offensive and horrible, which you should, you need to start policing it in your life as well. Yep. Uh, And, you know, who knows what the truth is? And I hope very much that the justice system works for this woman as it has not worked many, many times before for other women. And I hope that, you know, justice is served. And I think that's pretty much all.
0: And I will, yeah, I will, I will clarify that by justice is served. You are not saying outright that one way or another, it's going to happen. Justice in the truest sense. Here's the truth. Will be known. I
1: have no. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea, no idea what happened in this situation. I do know that a lot of times the process of reporting and prosecuting rape is oftentimes way worse for the victim than the accused. And, I hope that that is not the situation that happens, right? I hope that yep. that justice in the capital J sense is served. And I think it is not enough just for people to say that this sucks and it's horrible and that, you know, part of your job as a member of a functioning society is to take care of the people around you, right? Which means calling this yeah. shit out. Right? Like in being there for the people in your lives that are affected by it. And it's not enough just to say it sucks cuz it does suck. But nothing changes if you don't do something about it, right? Yeah, let's all do. All better. right, we could we could talk about football. Uh, the, I <laughs> that I know that, and I know that in our last episode, you know, they always say every 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 comic book is somebody's first comic book. Every episode of the <laughs> podcast is someone's first podcast. It's kind of a Stan Lee thing. And if this is your first episode of Chapel Bell Curve, please do not assume that if you think what we just said was smart, I would really <laughs> advise you to not because cuz that was that took a lot of energy for me to say not dumb shit for like 45 seconds so i would just now that we've gotten the actual things that matter out of the way j- i need you to just lower the expectations of what you're about <laughs> to hear from this podcast by we set that bar real 60 high 70%. so sorry yeah i don't think i'm not saying we put it high but we did try and i uh you know i, I need you to just not assume that this is going to be the quality product you're always going to get all right
0: filter uh, uga off.
1: versus missouri yeah, so <laughs> well,
0: we're, before we get to UJ versus Missouri, we, I do want to say there's one more bit of news. Um, this one's not as, as, as you know, uh, not the same kind of news we just had. This is just the CFP rankings. Everybody's been talking about the CFP rankings, and um, I wanted to at least very briefly discuss um, from a statistical standpoint: should we be as mad or as glad, or do we feel as if things are uh, represented well uh, just based on what? perhaps cbcr squared is saying or sb plus is saying uh hmm. yeah so i, I wanted to, to bring it up a little bit because you know our, our, our friends over in cincinnati are probably pretty unhappy based on the season they're having then i wanted to ask the same question with regard to wake forest and and hear your thoughts so
1: so i i don't know that cincinnati should be that upset um I think Cincinnati's probably the 5th best team in the nation mm-hmm. and I'm fairly certain that um Michigan State is not the 3rd best team in the nation if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh per CBCR squared, we have we have literally four iterations of CBCR running right now. Um so uh, it depends on just which which iteration you want, but if I'll, I'll look at the newest iteration which is CBCR squared 5 uh five like five version 5.0 which is not even necessarily ones that we're going to use, but our top. Yeah. So we, our numbers don't love Cincinnati. We have Cincinnati eighth, mm-hmm. but we have them sort of because these numbers are not, don't look at, you know, strength of schedule or record. We actually have them below. Yeah. Okay. So here's the w- wild thing. Our numbers and, and, we try to avoid hurting, which means we, we don't want our numbers to follow everybody else's numbers. And we don't even necessarily, necessarily want them to follow the eye test. But our numbers actually like Michigan, a team that has already lost once more than Cincinnati. We have Michigan as the fifth best team in the nation, but we do have Cincinnati sixth. Or so no, we have Ooh. Cincinnati fifth. So we have Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Cincinnati as our top five. Uh, we think Michigan State is in the top 10 at 10. Um, Wake Forest, we have at 17. So from that standpoint, from our numbers, which, you know, of course are not canonically the best numbers or anything, but from CBR, a CBCR squared standpoint, we don't really hate either of those rankings that much. I think mm-hmm. probably the thing that bothers me about the Cincinnati ranking is that I think it's probably a signal that they don't have a path this year. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, some things are going to have to happen like. Oklahoma is going to have to lose Michigan State's going to have to lose now that one's probably pretty easy because they're gonna play Ohio State and I think Ohio State is going to beat that ass but <laughs> sorry to make you edit all these curse words um when do I do that <laughs>
0: yeah you're right never <laughs> when mind have um,
1: <laughs> when have I ever done that before no but I I do think that given that this the CFP rankings are not intended to be Purely power rankings, right? Mm -hmm. They're they're intended to look at what you've done with the schedule, how you've controlled your games. They're kind of resume rankings in some way. I think that it is a little weird that you wouldn't have Cincinnati in the top five. Like, they're at six right now. I would probably move them up. Um, You know, Wake Forest, I kind of feel similarly. I don't think Wake Forest is, you know, a top, you know, six or seven team. But if you are going to say that this is a resume ranking, it's a little weird mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have them up there. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, and I feel like Oregon, Michigan State, those are kind of odd. I don't know. I mean, it's I don't really care about the playoff rankings. I think mm-hmm. that the playoff is an inherently hypocritical uh, device because our organization, because they are pretty much not going to put a group of five team in. They have pretty much demonstrated at this point. So I think it's kind of dumb to even look at the rankings but if, if I'm looking at them I think honestly the order that they have is okay it just kind of pisses me off how much work Cincinnati is going to have to do to get in yeah
0: there should be a clearer path and it feels yeah, yeah it just it, it's rough because especially with I don't know I mean I know Alabama's good we all know Alabama's good but I don't think I don't know they still lost to an unranked Texas A&M <laughs> like that's if I'm mad about anything It's that, is that I'm just mad about that. I'm mad about the, how unfair the world is, (laughs) is where I'm at. And it is fair, but I feel like it's unfair, and I'm just mad.
1: I, I just think, like, it's just the college football playoff has never been clear about what their criteria are, because they don't want to be clear, because Mm -hmm. the point is not to put the four best teams in right no it's not now they they do that a lot of the time but they have motivations that are sort of outside of just who are the purely four best teams. right it would be totally fine if they were just honest but they're not so anyway let's talk about uga missouri finally about an hour in (laughs) Ah, yes um 30 minutes in, it's fine (laughs) yeah i I, so where do you want to start here you want to talk about windsopedia do you want to go over some windsopedia stuff yeah, him he a of So, this is a weird rivalry. Well, I don't know if we would say rivalry. This is a weird yeah. matchup.
0: I'd say uh, it these has, teams have it, only.
1: It has the starts, the start of, a, of an interesting yeah. rivalry. I will say, these teams have only played ten times. They first played in 2012. Missouri has only won once, which was 2013. That's when they won the SEC. Uh. You know Missouri's gotten pretty close. 2016 was 28-27. It was a one-point win. I think that was a Jacob Eason pass, I want to say. Um, and 2015, it was nine to six. That was a that was a game that I missed because I was going to a wedding and we were listening to it on the way back, and it was just the weirdest game. Um, but let's see. So UGA is on a seven-game win streak. You know, historically, UGA is a much better program than the Missouri, just in, in just about every metric that Winsipedia tracks. I mean, I I say it's interesting because it's like, I don't think of this as a one-sided. It really has been a one-sided rivalry, but I don't think of it that way. And I don't know if it's just because UGA had some really close games against them and lost sort of a pretty pivotal game at home. And that just like rings better, bigger in my head. But I mean, the last four mashups have been, let's see, 53-28 in 2017, 43-29 in 2018, 27 to nothing in 2019 and 49 14 in 2020. So, I, you know, that's not competitive. So, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really, it's, it's sort of a weird thing where it's like, I don't think of Missouri as being like a Vanderbilt quality team because they're usually not. But against UGA, they've been getting, except for three years, they've been getting sort of Vanderbilt quality results. Do you want so to it's know. just, yeah, let
0: me, um, I'm I'm hard left turning. are so you ready? Yeah. Not really hard left turn. It's like a slight left turn into. Okay. You know, usually there were there was a time for a little while where we would do some like interesting facts about the schools um, that people may ask or may wonder. And one thing that we just kind of accept with Missouri uh, in in the realm of interesting facts or origins of things is that we call it University of Missouri is also Mizzou. And have you ever wondered where it's from? Yeah, I, I would love to know. Would you like to know where it's from? So in 1809, in fact, eight, I'm so sorry, 1839, uh, Humphrey Mizzou founded the University of Missouri. Really? Yeah. That's the God honest truth. Huh.
1: That, f- I mean, like, I believe you, but that sounds like something you would tell. That sounds like something. Is are, is that true? Cause, hold on. <laughs> Cause that sounds like something you would tell to your kid if you were trying to convince him of something. That that's like if I asked you, wh- my dad, where UGA came from when uh-huh. I was like twelve, and my dad was like, "Well, you know, originally there was a there was an order of knights who came here in the fifth century, <laughs> and they were the United God <laughs> Army, and then here we are, United God. Why do we call them UGA? Well, you know, son. <laughs> yeah." Uga was yeah. originally a knight,
0: humphrey mizzou that's where it comes from and
1: it's just I something don't, that, that I, they've I don't, always I called it up to now i am i am looking this up because i do not th- i think you're full of shit because i just saw you giggling <laughs> kim oh, humphrey, humphrey is the name of the <laughs> provost of the university of missouri <laughs>
0: you are so full of shit <laughs> i'm so sorry i really was going to tell you where it came from and it was honestly really boring and so i made something
1: up <laughs> where did it come from now i got now i want to know
0: uh it was so it's just something that nobody actually knows where it comes from the very first use of it was in an alumni quarterly magazine in like 1905 from missouri and it's just a It people are like it's just fun, something fun to say because they say missouri already and so they're like that's too that takes too long you know yeah, apparently syllables over there in Missouri, they, they don't have the same idea here in the general south that we have where we don't have to get anywhere in any sort of time like we have all day, uh, which is kind of, I feel like the the deep south way is like, take your time. Mm-hmm. We'll get there when we get there. But they don't have that kind of time in, in Missouri, in Mizzou. But I choose to believe, you know, that Humphrey Mizzou is actually the origin. Uh, and he- and, then, and then
1: he looked <laughs> at me and he said, Humphrey Mizzou has been dead for 10 years. <laughs> Oh, uh, Humphrey. Um, anyway,
0: uh, <laughs> the last bit of news that I'm very excited about uh, while we get into advanced stats, because this is a good segue for you. Uh, Missouri coach Elia Drinkwitz, which is easily one of the best, like top five best coach names right now. Uh, is preparing to bring the nation's worst rushing defense and an uncertain situation at quarterback against unbeaten Georgia. Uh, the nation's top-ranked team, led by the game's stingiest scoring defense, which is ours, of course. Um, and he has been quoted as saying, I can hardly wait, uh, like unironically. And so, please, Nathan, will you <laughs> show me why this matchup is, is bad for old Coach Drinkwitz with some good
1: stats? I, I mean, good for drink, man. He seems like a pretty mm-hmm. good guy. Oh uh, boy! I, <laughs> you know, I have been. I didn't do it this year. I, I wasn't asked to. I haven't gotten in touch. But I have done with the Rock'em Nation guys on their podcast. I've done a couple of previews with them, and of this game over the past couple of years. And they're great guys. And so I'm going to try not to belittle anybody when I uh-huh. say this. But like, this game should probably be pretty non-competitive. Missouri is about the same SP plus ranking as uh UAB. So right, just like uh SP plus has this as about a 20 something point game, uh, per CBCR squared, we would have this as about a let me see. 31 point game ish. So I that that's with our CBCR Ted, which is our lasso model. Uh so I I don't. I don't think this is going to be very conservative. And I think the biggest thing is that, you know, Missouri has a, a decent offense. They're forty fifth in SP plus offensively. They have a decent offensive EPA overall. It's pretty pretty comparable to UGA's. Uh, they're an offense that, you know, while they have uh, different decent offensive EPA, their success rate is, you know, also pretty good. They're decently explosive, right? They they're just sort of okay. At everything on offense, right? Pretty low stuff rate, you know, pretty good line, decent line yards offensively, uh, not as good as UGAs, but just a little bit under average. But uh, this is just this defense is just bad, man. 0.3327 EPA per play. That's bad. Uh, They're Mm. the I think I believe they're the 95th offense of the nation per SP plus. They, you know, it's one of those this is going to be one of those games where you can see how much matchups matter. You know, a lot of the advanced statistical models have UGA's offenses like somewhere in the top 10 this year. But, you know, I don't think Missouri's is that much worse than UGA's. Like, I think these offenses are maybe in the same realm depending on who's playing quarterback and like what kind of day UGA is happening. But UGA doesn't have to play UGA's defense and Missouri does, right? And UGA gets to play Missouri's defense, which is bad. Missouri is giving up a 45% success rate on average per play on defense. So, Teams are getting ahead of the change 45 percent of all snaps. That's really bad. They're giving that three point five line yards per carry. Right? If you snap, if you hand the ball off to your running back, on average, you get three and a half yards, basically before he's touched. That's not good against a defense that, or against an offense who, uh, uh, an offense that just wants to run the ball when they can. Right? The yeah. only thing that they're even close to above average at is uh, habit created, which they're just slightly above average at. They're pretty good at special teams in Missouri as they're second in the nation per SP plus right now. I, I think this might be a little, this might not be that competitive. I think this is going to be a 20 point game, maybe a 30 point game. I don't know that we're going to cover the spread. 39 points seems wild to me. That's a lot of points. I, yeah, but I, I just don't know. I mean, this is just a really bad, I, I think, you know, I said in our, before we were so involved, we got so into the piss talk last week. In our preview for the Florida game, I was talking about how, like, Florida is a talented team, but this is just a bad matchup for Florida because they want to run the ball. And this is a little bit more macro than that, but, like, this is a bad matchup for Missouri because they can't stop the run. And UGA has a coach who has a freaking hard on for running the ball up the middle, which is fine. Like, we're pretty good at it, right? And that's fine. And on top of that, we now have an offense that can actually move the ball vertically and a pretty good offensive coordinator. So I just this is just not a good. I it's just not a good. It's not a good situation for <laughs> Missouri. Not, it's a not a good time. Good huh? Yeah, I, I I have them written down as predicted as scoring a touchdown, and now I'm kind of like talking myself out of it. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know that this team is going to score a touchdown on this UGA defense, and well, and. Will you tell me ahead. what
0: what is break down the that number to special team score, actually. So what is it that's bringing them up? Is it across the board or is it something that's really kind of fudging Uh, numbers in their direction?
1: We don't actually do special teams. Mm -hmm. I can can look up some special, some quick. So their, their, their returner has had two, has had no touchdowns on punt on kick and punt returns. Um, Their best returner is averaging 23.9 yards. No, he has one touchdown on a kick return. So that's pretty good. That's probably juicing them up a little bit. Uh, their kicker is 11 for 11 on field goals. He scored 68 points. They have an average uh, punt distance of 42 yards. So, I mean, I think they're just probably like all around good on special teams. And it doesn't look like they've had many fumbles. They have a pretty good average of returning, of return average among like four different players. Chris Abrams Drain uh, has had 15 returns, averaging 24 a a return on kickoff returns which is not bad i mean it's just okay but i mean Mm -hmm. one kickoff return touchdown you know their uh punt returning is not as good but that's probably also because they haven't had very many punts Mm -hmm. um because they haven't been getting stops very often (laughs) Uh, they have a pretty good harrison mevis mevis is their kicker 35 for 35 on extra points 11 for 11 on field goals their punter, Grant McKinnis uh, is averaging 42 yards a punt. So it seems like they're just sort of, like, pretty good at everything. UGA actually gets hurt a lot in these uh, advanced, uh, metrical, special teams things with uh, by just some of the miscues, by some of the, like, you know, you miss a couple of field goals, you have a punt that gets uh, the a punt return called back because of a, a penalty, and your ranking goes way down in these. So... Yeah, that's why I would say. Uh,
0: my only comment is that Harrison Mevis or Mevis, either way, sounds a lot like some character written for Boy Meets World. Uh, that's pretty much it. But so, what else do we want to see after after talking through what is probably the worst defense in the SEC, which is saying a lot because Vanderbilt yeah. is still in the SEC.
1: We okay, so. I think this is viewed as a body bag game for UGA, I think, among among a lot of sort of, I don't know, national audiences. And my, I don't know, my sort of general reaction to that kind of thing is just to default be like, nope, there's no such thing as body bag game. That's a good way to lose. But I don't know. I mean, it, it feels pretty... That feels pretty accurate to me, man. Uh, it's it feels like this might be a game where UGA just runs away I'll, I'll with it. And I love to go against those narratives, right? And I love to to warn people and and say like, you know, this could be close. You should be worried. But I just I just can't really find. I mean, having a bad run defense against a UGA team is almost always bad because UGA has good running backs and they want to run the ball. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of stop the analysis there, right? There's more to talk about, but. <laughs> there it is <laughs> I, yeah i mean like, like what what do we want to see in this like what do we want to see if if we take it as not a given but as we take it as this is a likely georgia win and it's a likely win from georgia that you know uh, might get out of hand what do, what do we yeah. want to see then
0: i mean is this going to be a boring game that's that's kind of my that what's going to happen <laughs> like that's that's the question that kind of leads to what we want to yeah. see like, is it going to uh, be boring is it going to be a really quick game Are we gonna get in now just because we run the ball so much?
1: Yeah, so I I think we're gonna get out of there pretty quick because I do think we're gonna run the ball a lot. Yeah. But I also I also kind of feel like um I also sort of feel like that this might be a game where we have some big highlights in the running game. So maybe if you like, you know, effective run games. I I mean we're probably gonna throw it deep off of play action a couple of times. So that's that's real. Um
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll just have to see. I, that, I, guess, I huh? think it.
1: I think it feels like it's going to be pretty boring.
0: Yeah. Just uh. Well, I think it'll be exciting with just with touchdowns. Still, like at least we have that. Yeah. Like it's cool to get a lot well, of touchdowns.
1: It, it, I think it'll be boring in the sense that if everything goes as planned and we don't have any wild injuries, it's probably not going to be that close. But you know the Vanderbilt game, the UAB games were fun because they were kind of offensive fireworks. So they were. Hopefully, that's what we see. Is there anybody you want to see? I mean, mean, please, Kirby. Kirby has a personal favor to me. If you could just play JT Daniels at all, just let him like throw a ball in garbage time. Even I I just Kirby, please don't mess this up, bud. I I care about you. I care about you so much and I hate to see you do this and maybe he's still hurt and that's fine if that's the case, but man, can you just put him in? We're going to be up like 35 points and Kirby, Kirby, please. And Kirby, please Kirby. I, you're Kirby. You were fueling every stupid guy who thinks that he should be a high school football coach who cares Mm -hmm. about like heart and whose team it is and how much people have sacrificed or whatever. Just play the better player. Yeah. And if the, if 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 Stetson's the better player right now because JT's hurt, that's fine. But like Kirby, dude, I'm begging you, man. Um, other than that, just I don't want to see any injuries, right? Like UGA has gotten bit a couple of times, <laughs> knock on wood, with mm-hmm. some like injuries and in games that have already been put away, and so I'm always pretty nervous about that. Yeah, I just yeah yeah.
0: There's gonna be some Coach Mark Rick sightings. You know, yeah, I know now he, that he lives really right around the corner for me. He'll be on so the field. That'll be pretty neat. Really? Does he live over there? Yeah, he lives in five points. Apparently, I was told somebody in our discord apparently delivered cookies to him. Question mark. I think that was what it was. But I saw him at the, the Earth Fair in five points one day and I was like, look at that man that I recognize for some reason. And I look for it. I, I, I like, am. That's Coach Mark. <laughs>
1: I am excited to see him again. He's a good man. And he I is. miss I missed him. I didn't want him fired. I didn't think we could get anybody good enough to replace him. I was wrong, uh, Here we are. but I I I think he really did a lot of good things for EJ, and I'm glad he's getting his due. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's get into uh, some over unders. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. So Sorry, I was I'll drinking. You drinking water. You have to. You have to drink. Mm-hmm. Stay hydrated, King. Uh, over under Georgia one and a half defensive touchdowns. What do you think? Oh boy. I think it's about what we're averaging at this point isn't it
1: i don't think it's average but that's that's great it's a little Um, lower
0: but if we're rounding up to to make it make sense
1: we'll say i want to say under just because defensive touchdowns tend to come in bunches Uh and there's kind of a regression to the mean thing going on where it's like we very well could have a pick six but i feel like two is a lot
0: yeah oh you said under i'm gonna give it over just because i know that they have a questionable quarterback situation uh, just for that's what some of the narratives that are kind of swirling around this this situation because a lot of people are trying to draw parallels between these two teams and their quarterback situations but let me just say we are not the same we are not the same friends <laughs> and so yeah I, I think that there's a chance that, that we could definitely get a pick six in this one or uh just a weird fumble that turns into a touchdown it could happen we could be pressing them down um you know and get a lucky Turn a safety into a t- touchdown, essentially. Uh, potential safety into a touchdown. What do you got? I mean,
1: that would, that would be great. Um, mm-hmm. So we have two from a patron that I'm going to use as two of mine uh, from our SCBC, which we'll be talking about later or in just a moment. So this is from Irk Russell. Over under Zamir White, 99.5 rushing yards. I think it's over. Yeah. Windmill over slam over. Yeah. I
0: think he gets a full, full field length run in this game.
1: Yeah, I think it's very possible. Alright. Mm-hmm. Over under uh 148.5 Connor Basilak passing yards. What's the average No, Yeah, I will tell you though, just in the interest of not like stealing this one from you, Connor Baselak mm-hmm. is currently listed as questionable.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the QB situation, baby. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't I mean this is kind of you know how sometimes you mentioned a uh, body bag games or cupcake games et cetera et cetera, I think it goes the other way too. <laughs> when you have nothing to lose, you also kind of have everything to lose. Like don't don't waste this guy on this game. So I doubt we see him. We probably see a right. backup quarterback. So I'm gonna say under.
1: Okay, I'm gonna say under as well. Here is. Do you want to give me one more years? Oh yeah. Uh, so over under Georgia nine and a half passes on the day.
0: Do we hit the double digits with our passes?
1: Yeah, I think so. I I think yeah. I, I think we'll go over because I think that this game is going to get out of hand. They're going to want to get somebody some extra playing time before behind Test and Bennett at this point. I mean, it could be Arch Manning at this point. I I don't know who's <laughs> going to play, but somebody's going to throw the ball. I think
0: it's kind of like when you're you know when you're playing Flip Cup or not Flip Cup when you're playing. Um, like beer pong and like one of your drunk friends is just like sleb shot sleb shot <laughs> and arch Manning pops pop he's like sleb shot let me do
1: that sleb shot just... i my I, my favorite thing about that game is when someone's really drunk and just has like they they literally do the like michael jordan is unconscious draining threes thing uh huh where they just <laughs> it's just they hit like six cups in a row and you're like what is happening
0: i'm just really i'm i'm way better when i'm drunk i just got to be a little bit drunker that's it uh, I'll say under, just for the sake of being different, so we're not just windmill slamming every single one of these. What else you got?
1: Let's see. Uh, this is a late-breaking late, late breaking one from Bro Bro BroBroma uh, in the Discord, and I know how to pronounce his username, but at this point, it's a meme. Uh, over under 2.5 Georgia players with 50-plus rush yards.
0: Two and a half. Uh, I'm going to say under two seems good over seems like a do we see when's the last time we saw three Georgia players with more than 50 rush yards I wonder
1: I think it's happened this year has it yeah I'm gonna say under two because I know that apparent you know Kendall Milton is out right now so behind James I mean Kenny McIntosh Edwards. Uh, I don't see. know I don't know I'm gonna actually you know what I'm gonna switch it over because now I'm just thinking about, like, if we're up 28 points, we're just uh-huh. going to, like, hand the ball off to whoever's back there, and they're still going to be bad at, at deep run defense. <laughs> um, I'm checking. Let me just see these box scores
0: real quick from these games because, okay, yeah. Uh, the Arkansas game, Cook had 87, White had 68, Magatosh had 57. For the Vanderbilt game, 48, 46, 37, rushing, respectively, just a lot more passing in that game. Um, so yeah, I, get, I mean, it could definitely happen. I, I was not expecting it in this game. I expected to be like, someone's going to have a hundred plus someone will have upwards of like 80, 90, and then there'll be somebody else in the forties is what I was kind of expecting. Mm-hmm. So we'll just have to see. Um, yeah, and the other big game, big points game was the UAB game. Uh, Whitehead 34 Edwards, 29 Milton, 26. So nowhere near there, but yeah, we'll just see. Could be a game where we stay fresh. Could be a game that we get some big ones, some explosive plays for once. Uh, I want to see them. I want to see more of them all day, every day. Last one is over under three and a half hours of game time. Are you going to get out of there by 3.30? 30?
1: Mm. I'm actually going to say over. Yeah? Yeah. I'm going to say over. Because it just occurred to me that I know the schedule for the halftime show. Oh. And there's some extra stuff going on. Boo. So I'm gonna say over. You you that's some insider trading. Yeah, that is insider trading. Sorry, <laughs> I mean, but I you know, <laughs> I gotta use my knowledge as I can. Do
0: what you gotta do. All right, well, give me an over uh, overall score for this game then.
1: Uh, I am thinking that this is a game. As I said, I'm in no way being dismissive of this team. I think they actually have. Awesome. They have a very very good running back whose name is escaping me right now. Uh, Tyler Beatty. <gasps> yeah, they no, have a his very good running back. now.
0: It's Batty. Tyler Batty. They have
1: a very good running back, and Tyler Beatty slash Batty, depending on how <laughs> well he plays. That's sort of his. Uh, well, there's Tyler Beatty. Tyler Batty is when he has a couple of interceptions. Tyler Goody, or he's a couple of turnovers. Tyler Goody is when he's like really running the ball well. And uh-huh. then Ty- Tyler Medium Speed. Is when he just has an okay game and he's tank, and then he's uh, Jeep Medium brother.
0: Yeah, Tyler Masomenos B
1: Yeah, it, all running backs are now <laughs> judged by these criteria. Uh, but yeah, so I, this is a team that has some real talent at places, but they just are playing really bad defense. They've already fired their defensive coordinator on the year, I believe. Are they finally like defensive line coach or something? They're not. They're playing really bad defense, and they're playing bad defense in a bad spot to play Georgia. I think that this is going to be a game where Georgia kind of can name the score, and yeah. I think maybe they might get a fluky touchdown or you know UGA puts in the second team early to save the starters. So I'm going to say 45-7. I'm going to give them the touchdown. Uh, UGA's second team defense is very good, but I think I think uh, Tyler Beatty. My sort of thought here is that Tyler Beatty is going to be playing in the fourth quarter, and most of UGA starters are not. Jordan yeah. Davis is probably not going to take a snap in the fourth quarter of this game, right? Yeah. So if you just think about, you know, Beatty gets sort of like a pride score, and that guy that guy can play now. Like, he'd play on UGA's team, right? He's good. So I I, I think you, 45-7 feels right to me. Feels good.
0: I think, uh, I, I mean, I think you, you nailed it uh, right on. Um, I think this is a game where we'll see the same old defense. Um, I think that, what was the game where it was the... It was a Kentucky game, I guess, where we pulled perhaps our starters a a bit early and they threw them back in kind of in a rush. Just it seemed like a point of pride, like don't let them get the touchdown. Uh, And I I think that we probably learned from that situation. So I think this is a game that we could very clearly get away with, um, if not another shutout very potentially, then like a 42-3 or 42-6 game. Uh, they do have a good kicker, so could be putting it away if they need, if they can, if they can get that far down the field throughout the game uh, without being stopped just pretty much completely. So I think my overall score for this game is a 42 3 Georgia victory. Oh. Feels good, man.
1: I think, feel like we're we're kind of copacetic here on these, on these predictions. All mm-hmm. right. Let's get into our SCBC. Let's, let's, uh, yeah, everyone's favorite segment, our favorite segment because it's free content, and your favorite segment because. You know, uh for some reason you want to hear us chuckleheads talk about your questions. You got which questions is we have Mystifying to me. Hey, can I tell you a story before we get into this? Of I was course. at uh I was at a very somber occasion the other day. Uh mm-hmm. I was at a memorial service for a dear friend and and I was in line at the receiving line and one of my uh sort of mutual friends, uh a friend of someone who is in this uh in this actual Discord right now with us. Uh, Saw me in line. Was like, "Hey, are you Nathan?" And we talked. And she said, "Hey, I know Abby." And you know, it was a very somber occasion. She's like, "Oh, I hear you have a podcast." And I was like, "Nope." Yeah. uh, You know, my advice would be not to watch it. Just don't listen to it. (laughs) Don't. It's not good. And I was just thinking about how bad of an ambassador I am for a brand, and I want to apologize to you publicly (laughs) at at how I am constantly. People are like, "Oh, yeah, I really like your podcast." I'm like, "Oh, I don't know why." I don't know about that. (laughs) Well, I don't know this. let me say i did
0: the this so i actually told this exact same story basically earlier tonight at dinner i was with um my brother and sister-in-laws and brothers and sisters in law um
1: i believe it's like attorneys general
0: yeah it's attorney it's very yeah same thing and i was saying that uh it actually comes up a lot in like professional settings for me which is my nightmare um for me, the executive director of a, a children's literacy organization, for anyone to know the titles of the last two episodes we just created, um, that would potentially give me money, <laughs> my organization money,
1: and so mm-hmm. uh, it actually mm-hmm. comes up
0: a lot because my coworker thinks it's fantastic and hilarious to promote me as often as possible. When she's like, like any any podcast adjacent, we could be talking about like our favorite musician or CDs, for instance, and she's like, Justin has a podcast. <laughs> uh and it's the worst great yeah well i i'm
1: a public school i'm a public school teacher so any anybody people anytime people at my school are like oh you have a podcast i'm like nope i don't never what? what's a podcast no. never heard of them i Tell want what that's about. yeah i did but then you know me Odd. and my partner got in a fist Fashed. fight and then <laughs> this is back in the 80s yeah, Just that's the really only way the, the show
0: can end is if we yeah. like have we go out in the parking lot, we take our shirts off, and we, we like fight poorly. Yep. Yep. It's gonna be very good. All right, you wanna <laughs> you wanna answer a question from people that listen to this? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, this is actually a like a semi correction. So the very first one, it was not an ask but we're still gonna kind of address it. Um, ben at Lucky Rubes says, listening to the latest show, check Kirby's presser about what happened with Ringo. Also, whoever wants Davis to run the ball doesn't remember when Charles Graham blew out his knee doing the same thing. Do you want to kind of speak to that?
1: Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm superstitious enough that I, I'm, I'm a little stitious, as you said. So now mm-hmm. I don't want him to run the ball. But I will say, uh, for the record, Kirby did apparently clarify in his pro- podcast after, we, Pod- his after we recorded that in his presser, his podcast. No, Kirby has a podcast, too. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, just, about the, it's just about the band driving and crying. Uh-huh. It's just called Driving and Crying with the Curbs. Driving and with the Curbs. Like, he just like cracks a beer and talks about his favorite Driving and Crying tunes. Anyway, so I would I would watch the shit out of that. I would listen to the shit out of that podcast. And now I really want uh, making Dog at Dog Sports to hear this episode because he mm-hmm. would love that podcast. Driving and Crying with the Curbs. TM, TM, TM. Anyway, <laughs> um, so in his presser, Kirby Smart said that apparently... Keely Ringo did the right thing and had a call where he basically went down to support the run, but someone was supposed to like basically rotate back behind him and take that wide receiver. And they didn't. And apparently what, what he was getting into him about was not that Keely Ringo did the wrong thing. It was that when he saw who did the wrong thing, he shouted at them. And and Mm -hmm. Kirby's point was basically like, Hey, you know, that's my job as the coach. You don't need to correct other people. So do, do want to clarify on that one point. All right. I got another one for you. Ready? Yep. This is from Kyle Sargent at, on the Discord and also my friend. If you had to have a CD stuck in your car stereo forever, uh, which one would it be?
0: Oh, um, it would be Say Anything's Is A Real Boy.
1: Oh. Oh.
0: It's a masterpiece. Oh, that, from start to finish.
1: physically. Oh, God. Alive with the glory of love. Yes. Every time I hear that song.
0: Oh, because they they do such a good like you wound me. Max Max Bemis does such a good job of every song
1: in my heart
0: is so different. But it all tells such a cohesive story, like from start to finish in an album. He does such a good job. So you could find something different on every playthrough. It's awesome.
1: What about you? So I was thinking about this and it's like, do I do my favorite album? Do I do an album that I just think is like straight bangers? Uh, you know, because, like, a, a kind of related album to yours that I think is Straight Bangers is uh, Three Treaters for Sweet, Street Re- uh, Sweet Revenge by Mind Chemical Romance, a, a, an album I think just has no bad songs on it. But then I was mm-hmm. thinking, like, really, I need an album that is there. It's I, I need an album that is, like, my emergency album, that it's there for me when I need it. And so I've been accused occasionally of maybe not having... Um, Not having a lot of emotions, you know, and I've been accused of being. I know this is going to shock some people, but I'm not all chaotic energy. Some people accuse me of even being maybe a little bit laconic or stoic about my, uh, you know, about my emotional vulnerabilities. So I need an album that is just going to like rip the band aid off. Uh And so I've really, I've really been, yeah, I've really been thinking, thinking about it, trying to, trying to just like be in it with where I am. And so I'm going to say, August and Everything After by The Counting Crows. It's not its not necessarily my favorite album, and it's very sad. But sometimes I need to listen to music that makes me sad, you know, to just sort of, like, prime the emotional pump, right? I like that. If I was going to yeah. say, if it was going to be an album that was just on constantly, I would probably do, like, Led Zeppelin 2 or something. Just because, like, yeah. also, bangers all the way through. Or I like 4 as well. But, yeah. yeah, I think that would be the one. That's, like, my emergency, my emotional support album.
0: Yeah. If we want to go classic, I would say uh, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. So,
1: Ooh, another absolutely yeah, also bangers masterpiece but seriously, of an album. Like, or rubbers? Excuse
0: me, not dreams.
1: Go back and listen to two or to three albums. They I, they all I believe came out in I want to say two thousand five. But from under the cork tree, uh, anything or from under the cork tree by fallout Boy, three chains for, treas for sweet revenge by MCR, and then I also believe that is a real boy. I think when it came out in two thousand six. But all three of those albums came out within like 18 months of each other. And they are all just like pop punk, like second wave, pop emo masterpieces. Also, it's if you true. really want to get like deep in the weeds, uh, MCR's previous album, which is called I Brought You My Bullets, You Brought Me Your Love, or I think it's <laughs> that that's what it is, um, is has like a 15 minute song about being vampires on the run from the law and a song about like knocking over <laughs> liquor stores. It is incredibly self-indulgent. But it is so good. It is Gerard Wade at his most absolute, like just absolutely basic unhinged. Bitch, like yeah, yeah, un- unhinged, like drama queen Gerard Wade. I mean, and then of course, uh, I write sins, not tragedies, is also just straight straight bangers. Build God, then we'll talk by Panic in the Disco, a really underappreciated masterpiece. Mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. just slaps all the way through. All right, next question. Okay. Uh, oh, Kyle Sargent also wanted to know uh, if you were a monkey
0: stripper, what would you name your pet human? <laughs> Because <laughs> hmm. clearly the monkey did name pole assassin. Pole assassin.
1: Mm, hmm.
0: What would your personality as a monkey stripper be? Would you be like sexy sassy? Would you be like who gave that monkey stripper a job? Would you be like, uh, like you could be doing so much better. Let me save you, monkey stripper. Like, what's the personality you're going for?
1: Well, I would want my. I would want my human stripper to be a man and to be chef themed so i think his name would be like um like mario ball hardy or maybe like uh like di fieri maybe because if i was a monkey stripper my whole act would be that like i would be ratatouille the human stripper uh-huh. I would be, like, on the monkey's head, controlling him by pulling on his hair, like, Ratatouille style, right? Yeah. Except it would be, like, a relationship that was much less, like, fun animal companion and much more, like, like this is also part of it. Like, this sort of, like, power play dynamic where it's, like, I'm the monkey stripper and I'm in charge now. Uh, mm-hmm. And now this man is going to make this beautiful meal for you and, like, spill cream all over his chest or whatever.
0: My God. I think I'm going to stick with Die Fury. Fieri. Di is very good. I was thinking immediately, like you went, you went like people puns and my mind went and could not leave, uh, Georgia O'Keeffe. Don't know that's,
1: why. That's, that's very good. Yeah.
0: Don't even know maybe why like, what we're going to do with that. Maybe even.
1: you're like a little Pablo Picasso monkey and the, your whole thing is that like you're like toxically masculine and you're trying to convince your stripper that she's not a lesbian, but she keeps just drawing like <laughs> pictures of vaginas on the stage. I really want, if I were a stripper monkey, I would want my strip show to be like very avant-garde, very thematic, working with a lot of colors and like flowing mm-hmm. silks and really making a comment on sort of like, why are we all here? And so for yeah. me, it would be, you know, who who among us doesn't have a stripper monkey ratatouille us, right? Oh,
0: wow. Uh, yeah. Shit. Steven asks, earlier in the year, I asked how many points the UJ defense would give, us, give up in the remaining games. Two games and 20 points later, the defense is sitting at 46 points through eight games. How real is the possibility of giving multiple, getting multiple shutouts going forward and finishing the regular season, giving up 60 points or less?
1: Hmm. I think it's, it's
0: very doable.
1: It's on the table. I think it's going to hinge around the Tennessee game i think yeah. i think i could see you shutting out if you have a good day you could shut out georgia tech missouri and charleston southern but i don't know about tennessee's got some talent and they've, they've been doing some things on offense i don't think we're gonna lose that game it's just if you're talking about can you give up six points to them or whatever uh that that would be the one i think that's what it would hinge around i would probably bet against it because uh i don't i don't know man
0: yeah that's it's gonna be really difficult like
1: uga has not played a flawless season defensively but they've been damn close and you know they've been lucky not to give up points some at some points this year so yeah christy london are
0: there any good referee teams in college football or is football inherently too complex to referee well
1: so you know i did i i did some refing in college uh-huh. i did some um i mean i wasn't like didn't really do it a lot i did a lot of uh I did a lot of intramural uh, refing, and then I did some like JV games at the high school level. And I think you can ref well. I think there are a lot of good refs. Uh, Ref crew, being in a ref crew is is really about uh, sort of teamwork and uh, a lot of the same things that football is about, like eye assignment and you know where being in the right Mm -hmm. place at the right time. I, I really think that the problems with college football refs a lot of the times are just inherently the fact that they're amateurs. And not in the sense that they're bad at their jobs, but they don't do them full-time the way NFL refs do. Uh, and, they, and so they're undertrained. trained um, Football is a hellishly complex game. And it's a game that takes practice to ref well. It takes practice to ref flag football well. And so, you know, these guys certainly do practice and they go to teams uh, during the summer and spring and fall camps. And they, you know, work with them on their ref procedures and on, you know, calling a game right and following the white hat and rotations and all that. But I I just don't think that you can have. I don't I don't think that it's possible to get as good as you need to be while also having a full time job.
0: Yeah. True story. Uh, Ross R. Stetson has another year of eligibility. What is the probability he will be Georgia's starting QB in 2022?
1: Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fuck me sideways um i think it's pretty good um because uh, well i mean just win the national championship please knock on wood because i i need to be coming off of a natty season to survive like we have brock Vandergriff, carson beck maybe and then like gunner stockton on the field but we're starting stetson bennett so just, I I think it's probably above fifty percent at this point. But God Almighty, Wolf uh,
0: Smith in ordinary. I'm okay. So this is more of let's see. Uh, I might move past this one.
1: This is sort in of this... probably like a pre-SEC championship question.
0: Yeah, we can we can save it until later okay
1: are you just about to talk shit about one of our dis are you going to use the whole a whole segment of our ask cbc to talk <laughs> shit about a discord patron who i think is on this call He's right on now the
0: call right now no i'm not gonna do that <laughs> uh <laughs> i already did i already did the talking shit uh, okay the last email, this is an email uh, of the segment, yeah. comes in from a new patron and somebody that is one of your suses I, I think you told me earlier. So um, this one comes from Jonathan Fuller. He says, salutations. Great, great start. Great lead. As we've said before, the emails come with a formality and you, you really hit it nail on the head. As a longtime listener, new patron of your quality service, I would like to inform you of an egregious typographical error boldly displayed on your Patreon signup page. After bestowing part of my herd earned.
1: She's really going to sit on that one. Just going to take that a second. Take it. You all right? Yeah, I'm okay. Okay. You're just really sitting on that. Uh,
0: After bestowing part of my herd earned student loan disbursement upon you, I received a notification that I have. Quote, baby outfits picked out for the UGA fan child. I have net conceived yet. Yes, you read that right. Have net. What is that? Some sort of internet possession. Such is a grotesque display of abysmal quality assurance and utter disregard for the patron. Such is what I expect from a stats-focused podcast about Florida or Auburn or Tennessee or Alabama football. But here, in my community of red and black, and apparently some blue and white, because we do have Kentucky friend. Such ineptitude is positively unacceptable and disgraceful. I apologize that my tone likely comes across as harsh. However, I feel it is necessary to convey my true feelings of betrayal through this experience. I hope you can understand. In other news, I'm happy to be here. As I said, I am a longtime listener, new to the CBC Patreon community, and would love to break in this new phase of life with a couple of questions. Question one. With Florida behind us, how likely do you think we are to achieve an undefeated regular season? Question two. Now that the CFP committee has released its first set of rankings, what legitimate playoff contenders would cause the least anxiety in the event of a potential first round matchup and why? Thank you for the content and go dogs.
1: So I think it's pretty likely that we get an undefeated regular season. I think we're going to be favored by both Vegas and all of the advanced rating metrics in every remaining game. Uh, what would cause us the least anxiety for a first round matchup? I mean, Oregon or Michigan State. Or Cincinnati, feel, they do find a way in. Feel, yeah, all three very good teams, but I think pretty beatable, good matchups for us.
0: I think most likely, it's probably Michigan State or Ohio State is who we're most likely going to play at this point. If they do continue on with a good season, right? If we uh, sit in number one, they sit Ohio in number State four. Ohio
1: might get to third, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We'll just have to see, yeah.
1: Well, yeah,
0: in the world where Ohio State beats Michigan State and Oregon wins their championship, we play Ohio State probably at four. But we'll have to see. We did have (laughs) – this is another rendition of Yara's Rage Against the Machine. This is probably our favorite way to receive the questions now. Like, don't email them to us. Don't type them. Write them on whatever device you've you've written this on, um, and send them in because Yara, what what they've done is is written, I guess, in a notes app of some kind, um, and it's it's just very fun to kind of see it all here. Also, because I really want one of these myself, so this is Yara's Rage Against the Machine. Are you ready?
1: I'm so ready,
0: <laughs> very ready. It, re- it
1: also, I want to say, Yara was uh, Yara was very humble about their handwriting, but I think it's quite cute. It's very my good handwriting. Is
0: awful. I want this handwriting. Yeah. So starts out, "Hi besties, I am switching it up and handwriting my rage tonight. Enjoy." <laughs> One, you either attack the day or the day attacks you. The day is currently beating me up in an alleyway. How do I cure a cold?
1: Yara, you got to go to sleep, dude.er <laughs> You got to. Go like, you, you need to. You need to go to sleep for like like sixteen hours. My 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 dog, my my very close friend. Uh, Number two,
0: I. I I did some research on Mark Richt and he seems like a cool guy. Why do some people not like him though?
1: Well, he is a very cool guy. He's a very good person. I mean, Richt was a guy who maybe he never reached the top of, you know, he never won a national championship and he had a lot of times where he got really close and things didn't work out. And either you interpret that as variance, which I think it is, or you, you know, I mean, he didn't he didn't have Richt was a very good recruiter, but he didn't have quite the manic, unhealthy intensity at it that Kirby Smart did. And so some people just never really got over that. Three.
0: Is JT Daniels going to start or play on Saturday? I like Stetson, but I miss my possible neighbor.
1: I don't think he'll start. I think he'll play.
0: Sweet. Four. How many layers do I need to wear on Saturday?
1: All right, Bessie, I'm about to hook you up with the like, this is the realness. This is This is the play. All right, you ready? So you got you have to have a thermal base layer, right? But mm-hmm. the key is you have to have a top and bottom thermal base layer. So you need like long johns, basically, either thermal long johns or sort of like cotton long johns. And you you lose so much you lose so much heat out of your legs that you don't even know that's happening. It's gonna be about 43 at kickoff. So I think if you have a thermal layer, you have hat and gloves, you should be good. I always did like a light zip up under my jacket, under my thing, under my um. Under my whatchamacallit, my uh my jacket, my like uniform jacket, but you could also do an ass jacket under there. That's a little uncomfortable because just ass the design jacket. of the ass jacket. Um, I tended to be okay with the form with just a thermal layer unless it's really cold. If you it just depends on how cold you know you're gonna get and how windy it's gonna be. If it's windy, you're gonna wanna, you're gonna want a windbreaker layer between your jacket and your thermal layer. So that's when you put the ass jacket in. But the key is you want good gloves that will wick. You want a black beanie with, you know, a Georgia logo on it. And then you want a thermal layer on top and bottom. Mm -hmm. And if you're cold natured, maybe two thermal layers. Like you do like thermal and then a long sleeve t-shirt. Hand warmers if you need them. Yeah, hand warmers can be really helpful. You can put them under... That was Jonathan Ashley's uh, suggestion. Yeah. Yeah, that was Jonathan Ashley's suggestion. Actually, and if you're playing a sousaphone, what you can do is... You put a hand warmer sort of like between your hand and the the valve casing, and then uh, you have a you can put one in your crook too, so that wherever you're touching the horn, you have a you have heater.
0: I will also add, I really love like if you don't go the long john route because it, it, for me long johns get like really bunchy and I don't love it, but uh, I really love like running tights, uh, which are basically yeah. just tights or leggings. Like well, uh, yeah, you yeah. need.
1: When, when I say thermal layer, you're not actually taught, you're not necessarily talking like the waffle weave under layer, mm-hmm. right? Like I wear, I wear like a, like basically a running, running l- pants for like running tights that are designed for heat. Mm-hmm. You have to find, um, you have to get the kind that is designed for staying warm and not for cooling off. You don't yeah. want like sweat wicking thermal air.
0: I will. Those of you that are um, not initiated into the world of marching band, um, the uniform does not cool you off in the summer. In fact, it's very, very hot. And then in the winter, it does not keep you warm. It does not despite keep you being warm Layers at of all. wool. <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, where was I? Is Missouri like actually good? I'm confused. Nope. Can I get? <laughs> can I get? our Lord and Savior. Jordan Davis assigned my Sousa a dog walk. I want to, and I think he would as well.
1: He would, but no, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think we are going to go to the Cotton Bowl, the Orange Bowl, or neither? Why? If we go to the CFP, I think we'd go to the Orange Bowl because if we go to the CFP, we're almost like, if we went out, we're going to be the first round pit or the first, uh, the first, uh, shoot, what's the word I'm looking for? Seed. We're going to be yeah. the number one seed pit. probably. And the one, the higher seed gets to sort of dictate more of where they go and i think we would rather go to the orange bowl because it's in our time zone Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not a question but dude my cat will not will sit down and listen
0: to cbc but nothing else so congrats wendy is a cbc fan
1: yes cats only that's a cat's only show that's a g men who love cats hashtag hashtag men who love
0: cats (laughs) 10 describe how the game will go in three words go cold
1: short and margaret (laughs) One word Mark Richt I got it I got it to five Cold short Mark Richt
0: That's also uh, A fanfic That you could read over On our Patreon By subscribing For fifty dollars Cold short Mark Richt I
1: I I, We really haven't explored The fanfic writing Slash Dungeons and Dragons Side of the Patreon yet
0: We have not yet But Oh it it, I'm sure it's coming
1: (laughs) I've been really Into My Hero Academia uh, Fanfic recently mm Mm-hmm Anyway, that's just that's neither here nor there. Kachako right, for man. life.
0: I don't know where this energy came from for me. It's probably all the sake I drank at dinner. You want to see us out? Dang.
1: Yeah, I would love to. This has been Chapel Bell Curve. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and anywhere else you can subscribe to a podcast. You can get in touch with us on Facebook or Instagram at Chapel Bell Curve. You can email us, email us at chapelbellcurve at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at Chapel Bell Curve. If you liked what you hear, if you enjoyed today's episode and you like what you heard, we would love if you left us a rating and review anywhere that you feel so inclined to do that, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or just, you know, skywriting in a porta potty you know, at Lollapalooza, whatever, wherever you want to, we're down with it. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us at on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Chapel Bill Curve. For as little as $1 a month, you can get access to an excellent, excellent, excellent Discord, an amazing community of some amazing people who want to talk about weird stuff with you. And all there are all sorts of other goodies and fun stuff. So we will catch you in what I think is going to be a little bit of a miserable Saturday weather-wise in the Classic City this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's still a great time. But until then, go dogs. Go dogs.